Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Hey, well, if you're listening to this in real time, you know that we just wrapped up season 10 of the podcast and we're in the heart of the summer right now. And for the rest of the summer, we are going to jump into our Firetime Magazine Rapid Reaction episodes. And this is where we listen to an audio article together from the Firetime Magazine, and then I hit record and I give you my immediate rapid reaction to it. And these are some of my favorite episodes to do, partially because for me, I listen to the Firetime Magazine every single month just to grow and to get knowledge from the content because I'm just amazed at the chorus of voices that contribute to it. And it's really fun to respond to the content that I hear. Now, if you haven't subscribed to the Firetime Magazine podcast yet, you need to stop right now wherever you are and do that. You can search wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, what have you, for the Firetime Magazine podcast, and you'll see it pop up. But once a month, when every new issue drops, we release a number of the articles in audio format, and you'll be able to get those every single month and share them with your team. Now, today's article is by Mark Stoner, and he's somebody that's been on this podcast before and is making quite a ruckus in the chimney space and moving into the fireplace space as well. Now, Mark owns a very, very large service company that has its home base in Nashville, Tennessee. And Mark wrote an article that we released in the Firetime Journal. And at the time that he wrote it, I remember reading it and just thinking, man, I think that he's on to something here. And this article might ruffle some feathers, but man, my, my hope is that it does that in a good way. And it inspires you to serve customers in a way that you never have before. So it's been a number of months since I've listened to this article, and I'm excited to do that alongside with you right now. So let's hear the article together, and then I will give you my rapid reaction to it. Service, the dirty word of the hearth industry. By Mark Stoner, the CEO of Ashbuster's Chimney Service. Service is the undeniable way to grow your business now and in the future, yet it's the dirty word of the hearth industry. You probably think of service as a necessary evil, but I've got news for you. It should be your number one focus. I know this because I come from the other side of the tracks, the chimney sweep side that doesn't have all the bells and whistles of a nice showroom or the latest products that only you can carry because you have territory exclusivity. I'm the company you sub your work to, the one you tell customers to call when they need something swept or installed. I'm also eating your lunch. Now when I say that I'm eating your lunch, I really mean the whole chimney sweep, chimney service, and chimney repair industry. You're giving up gold by passing us your current customers, long-term relationships, and recurring revenue, and you don't even know what's happening in customers' homes. Does that make you feel mad or insulted, or does it make you feel eager to learn more? If you're in the latter group, keep reading, because I wrote this article to teach you about your blind spots. I was a single truck operator for my first 17 years as a chimney sweep. During that time, I did a lot of work for several different stove shops, and I had great relationships with them. Essentially, I always made the same deal with them. 
I won't sell hearth products and you'll give me lots of work. For a while, this arrangement worked out well for both of us, and it seemed like there were always plenty of projects to go around. But eventually, I realized that this arrangement put a lid on my business, especially when it came to gas appliances and gas logs. This deal also hurt the stove shops because they never needed to develop amazing service departments. If they were judging the idea of doing chimney work by looking at me, my beat-up truck and dirty hands hardly made them think they were missing much. Let's give him that crummy sweeping and service work, they thought, while we sell the good stuff. For the most part, there weren't any large chimney companies in the 80s, 90s, or even early 2000s to show anyone anything different. This was basically true until the internet boom. Suddenly, the showroom advantage shrunk. Protected products didn't mean much, and getting customers into stores got harder. The competition got wide and deep, and it all happened fast. But you know what got better with internet exposure? Service. Service became paramount. Service became valuable. Service became repeatable. Almost overnight, getting a technician into a house became the most valuable part of the selling process. Around this time, I quickly realized that I could easily sell from my iPad with a digital brochure, some great videos, and a portfolio of past projects. After all, I was already working in homes, and I truly understood what customers needed. The result? They never came into your showroom. You didn't even know a sale happened or have a chance to show them that you had better products. Why? Because I just won the service game that you weren't even playing. My company now has over 100 employees and 40 trucks. We aren't even the biggest company of our kind, and there are many others close behind that will likely be larger than us. This might all sound pretty bleak for you so far, but here's some good news. You still have the best position if you take full advantage of it. You have better sales processes, better inventory, better products in some cases, better relationships with builders and architects, and last but not least, a showroom. But you have to heed the words of the great Wayne Gretzky. I skate to where the puck is going to be, not to where it's been. Have you seen what I'm talking about in your area? Have you seen some chimney companies grow a lot? How many stove shops are growing a lot? How many new stove shops are opening? If I'm your customer, how long am I waiting for you to install something? Two weeks? A month? Two months? More? What does all that tell you about where the puck's going? While recently speaking to some hearth store owners about this trend, I suddenly realized the greatest difference between the two groups. Chimney service and sweep companies value service and installation more than the actual product. Hearth shops value the actual product the most and almost give away service to get the sale. Chimney sweeps can do so many things for customers once we get into homes, and the product is often only a small part of our sales. For hearth stores, the product is the main way to make money. When I spoke to the group, I told them that our going rate was over $425 per hour for service. Most of them charge far less than $200 per hour. We pay all of our production people on commission, just like our salespeople. Everyone gets a piece of the rock, so we're all aligned to get it done right the first time. The group was amazed at how much money we could pay our employees while staying profitable. This explains why many chimney companies have fleets of trucks, but many stove shops just have a couple of really good installers or techs. They don't take education that seriously. They have no organized training systems. They do big dog, little dog training. Just ride along with this guy for a while until you're ready to install for us in a few months. They insist they can't find any good help, which becomes an excuse to never develop their service departments. Is that your excuse for not building an amazing service division, or is it something else? No interest? 
No need, no time, no trust, no money, too old, too young. Any excuse will do, especially because you can usually make any excuse come true. But you have another option. You can look around, get excited, get focused, and most importantly, get educated. You see, education is essential when developing your service department, which means it's the key to growing your business. Truth be told, I never realized this until I went to my first National Chimney Sweep convention in 2003. That show blew me away, mainly because it made me realize I had no idea what I was doing. But when I met the people in education, I was hooked. I started learning the technical side of the industry first, then the business side. Education became my passion. Expertise became my superpower. Over time, I started bringing my company to education sessions and doing lots of in-house training. Our entire company is fully committed to earning professional certifications, being lifelong learners, and fostering professional mentorships, which have all been essential ingredients in our recipe for success. We also built an apprenticeship program for technicians. More specifically, all new technicians must undergo a one-year minimum training program, no matter how much previous experience they have, that uses a combination of online and hands-on training. They must also pass any required certifications, including CSIA and NFI credentials. Along with providing plenty of educational opportunities, we have a strict attendance policy and set high expectations. In return, we pay very high wages and offer great benefits packages. These programs and policies are time-consuming to set up and expensive to maintain, but they're also the reason that we attract and retain great talent in our service department specifically and our company generally. If you want, you too can prioritize education, improve compensation, and build a booming service department. All you need is the focus and determination to get it done. If this article reads like a rant, that's because it is. Simply put, I want to sound the alarm and help you get better, because I love this industry and want it to thrive. So let's make a plan and grow this thing. How about adding one or two service trucks per year for the next five years? That would give you five to ten more service trucks for selling and installing, which could create $1.5 to $4 million in revenue. You could sell and install even more hearth products because you'd visit 100 to 250 homes a week, allowing you to build a more profitable and sellable business with a clear path for growth. That's a good plan, and I know you can carry it out if you commit to making it happen. It's hard, but it's worth it, and you'll never regret it. So just do it. End of rant. Man, there is so much to take away from that article. My mind was just racing in different directions as I was listening to it. So, okay, a few things I want to just talk about in reaction to it. First off, when Mark talks about service and chimney companies eating hearth retailers lunch, he is absolutely right. And, you know, for me, the mentality that I was brought up with in the industry was that service is a necessary evil. You do it you lose money, maybe you break even, and you just have to have some semblance of a service department to maintain appliance sales. And as I have gotten deeper and deeper into the chimney side of our industry, I've realized that that is just hogwash, that chimney companies thrive on service. And and seriously, like when Mark talked about his business, you know, being over 100 employees and over 40 trucks, I mean, think about the revenue of a company that big. And and when he said he's not the biggest, you know, he's 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 not lying. Like there are massive chimney companies in virtually every major market off the top of my head. I'm thinking about Texas, I'm thinking about New York, I'm thinking about Massachusetts, I'm thinking about Tennessee. 
you know, I mean, the, the list goes on, but these companies are huge. And the difference between the average chimney company and the average hearth retailer is that the chimney companies are hungry. They're really hungry. They take education incredibly seriously and they're going into homes and they're offering service work. And, and, and no joke, I mean, there are many chimney companies that are charging 4X what hearth retailers are to install a gas insert. And one of the things that Mark talked about in this article is that there are some customers, some, not all, there are some customers that if someone will simply come out to their house and make it easy for them in their living room, they will buy from you on the spot and they will never shop you. And those are the people that never make it into a hearth retailer. Now, another advantage when you approach your business as a service company first is over time, you don't have to look for your customers. You know, for many hearth retailers, after they sell an appliance, it's 20 years until that customer is going to buy another fireplace from them. And the retailer doesn't do anything to maintain the relationship because they don't offer that ongoing service work. But as a chimney company, when you routinely are getting in there once a year to sweep the chimney or to service the gas fireplace or to make sure that the chimney's in good shape from water, when you do that on a regular basis, that customer is yours. You know exactly where they are and they know you and they trust you because you've been there year after year after year. And when it comes time to get that appliance, I mean... Who do you think the customer is going to call? The retailer that sold them the product and then handed them a business card when they called back to get their chimney cleaned? Or is it going to be the company that year after year after year has been faithful to help them make sure that their home is in good shape and their appliances are working properly? You know, as I as I say this, like I realize that it, it sounds idealistic. And, you know, in, in, in Mark's article, when he when he talks about the rate that they're growing trucks that that is bigger and faster than than many hearth companies think they can do this but what i would say is that if you don't believe there's people out there to train into good technicians well you've answered your own question you're probably not going to find any good people but if you set up a training program like the article talked about if you set up a training regimen you can build an apprenticeship program where someone can get plugged in and become a technician in a given amount of time. And that's one of those things that, you know, I know Mark has developed. I also think about my friend Dave Rettinger. He's done a really good job developing an apprenticeship program with the goal of turning people into technicians. And when you take it seriously, it's amazing how you find people and and you're able to, to grow them. As we round out, with this, we have to realize that our, our industry is at a crossroads. And when Mark asked that question, how many hearth retailers are popping up? There's not many. There's not, I mean, I can't think of the last hearth retailer that just popped up in my market. I can think of three that have closed in the last seven years, but there's not many that are popping up. And of the retailers that are around right now, yeah, there's there's been good growth over the last couple of years. But I would argue that the rate of growth for chimney companies has been significantly higher, significantly higher. And I think it has to do with the hunger to grow and the hunger to serve. And 
and yeah, many chimney companies are a disadvantage because manufacturers don't take them seriously. So they, they, you know, cut them off from some of the quote unquote premium products. But I mean, how long is that going to last, right? As these companies get bigger and bigger and they are in literally thousands of homes a year, at some point, manufacturers are going to look at that and say, man, we're going to start putting our eggs in that basket. And and the reason that I say that is not to, to try to drive a, a further wedge between the fireplace appliance side of the business and the chimney side of the business, but it's simply to say, I think our industry needs to find a way to come together and the retailers need to learn from what the chimney service companies are doing. And, and the chimney service companies need to learn from what the best retailers are doing. Because in reality, like, if we're not looking out for each other, who is? And I think that's the heart of Mark's article. If we're not looking out for each other, who is going to look out for us? And what I found as I've spent more time on the chimney side of things is that many chimney service companies count on each other, even as competitors in the same market. I mean, I've heard multiple stories about a chimney company being out at a service job, not being able to figure out a certain type of repair. So they call up their competitor and they say, hey, I'm over here. I'm stuck. Can you come help me? Their competitor drops what they're doing and goes and helps them finish the job. And yeah, they compete head to head on jobs they're both bidding on. But you know what? There is so much work out there they see it as opportunity for everybody to help each other out. And that is something that the retailers could really take note of. And so my hope is, as you listen to this, it makes you think about what would it look like for me to step into an area of discomfort where I'm not operating right now, right? On the service side, on the chimney sweep side, what would it look like for me to take that seriously because service revenue is repeatable, it's high profit, And it guarantees that this customer stays mine. You know, as the economy starts to tighten a little bit, sales are fewer and farther between. So the more that we can stay close to our customers and make sure that they know who we are and push into ways to solve their problems, that's the best way forward for our businesses. So I hope you guys got just a ton of value listening to that. I mean, the the article is is, is a little bit abrasive and, and, and purposely so, but... I think that it's done from a heart of wanting to sound the alarm and challenge rather than tear down. And so that's my hope. My, my hope is that this article challenged you. I know it challenged me as I was listening to it. It challenged me to think about where are the areas of complacency in, in my life and business where I need to, to look around and say, man, my goodness, I, I think that there's some opportunity here if I'm willing to get my hands dirty. So that was impactful for me and I hope it was for you too. Well, hey, if you want to read this article, you can do that in the 2023 Firetime Journal. And this journal is absolutely stacked. It's it's literally incredible. And you can order a copy from itsfiretime.com slash journal. That's itsfiretime.com slash journal. Right now we charge, I think it's 15 bucks for US copies and, and the Canadian rate might be 20 bucks or $25. But the reason we do that is just simply to cover shipping. We actually we actually lose money on the journals, but we want to cover our shipping costs because it's a, it's a pretty thick journal. So there's a little bit of weight to it depending on where it's going to go. And our hope is that this journal for you 
becomes a playbook of how to run your business. And, and this article by Mark was one of the best in this year's journal. So with that said, I'm going to sign off here. I hope you guys have an amazing week. We will be back with another Firetime Magazine rapid reaction next week. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. All in to burn.